Elder Horror Squad's Keeper Ann here. Heads up, this is a mature podcast in a mature setting. This podcast uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu ruleset by Chaosu. All content including names, places, things, or any other noun resembling entities living, dead, or at the edge of your vision are purely coincidental. He's never been on the table when we've done it. Though. I guess he he's, has been. He's been behind. Me. He's always been there. Oh, he's always been there. So, so now in the middle. Not surround so now, sound. So now he gets to feel like he's being offered up to the altar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's just uh, start starting off with uh, introductions. Uh, yeah. Um, Keeper Ann. And to my left is. Uh, Jacob, who's playing as William Hughes. Did well, the, we'll say, what, what oh, do you want to, yeah. Uh, a soldier from World War II who's... World, World War II? II? <laughs> <laughs> the first intro and he already fucks it. I didn't know there was some punch of time travel happening. Yeah. Goddamn. Wait, there's a second war? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in World War II. What do you mean two? What do you mean two? World War what now? Do you want to restart that? Again? How many are there? <laughs> By the current little schemes of thing three. <laughs> uh, and to his left, uh, I am Alex Burr. I am playing uh, Richard Bailey, a uh, crime boss fixer, flamboyant man, not in New York City. Queer. <laughs> Did you just whisper queer at me? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that we said that. It's like. Every single play character at this table is queer. Yeah. Yeah. Every uh-huh. single okay. Yeah. As it should be. As, as all things are right in the world. <laughs> God is in his heaven. <laughs> uh, okay, and to uh, his left. I'm Sarah. I'm gonna be playing Thaddeus Cooper, just the saddish the saddest Irish professor, sad dad vibes. He's going through it, but he is trying. <laughs> and God bless him, and he will not be rewarded. <laughs> God bless him, not the right God. <laughs> not the right God. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'm Cynthia. Uh, I'm playing uh, Oksana Ushakova, um, and she's uh, a Russian archivist uh, currently on loan from Moscow University at NYC. And also number one recipient of every ism under the sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, better you than me. Fuck off. <laughs> okay. And I am Damien, and I'm playing Delilah Taylor, fake psychic. Our camera opens on February 1st of 1920. Uh, Thaddeus... You're at the Miskato. Oh my god. I just started <laughs> Kyla. And I hear the tingle of his new collar. Mm-hmm. Okay, but when, when Kyla and Cindy was putting it on yesterday, he like fucking loved it. And then the moment it went on, <laughs> just fought like a cow. <laughs> I never knew yeah. what fighting the devil in a small box sound like felt like until seeing that. You're an anarchist, yet you put me into shackles. <laughs> You collar kitty? You have Shame. No, you have nothing to lose but your collar. <laughs> so Thaddeus, 
you're at uh, Muscatonic University collecting some books from your office as you've you've taken some leave to come back to New York, right? Yes. Could you kind of tell me a little bit about the state of the office at this point? Yeah. Um, it's actually pretty neat. There are it is crowded with different books, either on on shelves or like stacked up on desks. There are uh different essays that need to be graded off on one side kind of falling over but for the most part even though it's crowded and kind of small it is relatively organized you say one thing there that sounds completely the opposite though and that is as someone who is TA'd <laughs> you haven't graded those yet it, 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 they just were due yesterday like it's okay. a they're so this recent is... So this is kind of like the last thing he'll do before leaving. Yeah. Because when I was a TA, I spent about about five to six hours a night grading. It was miserable. Yeah, no, these are recent ones that he's planning on taking with him and grading. I mean, you could also say that who, whatever poor, uh, poor Saftiga takes over a substitute <laughs> has to grade them. That is true. Leave him right, the, right on his desk. With the help from my TA, George. <laughs> name him George now. His name is George now. Tell me about George. Uh, you created him. Yeah. This is on you. So, his dreams is George motivated. is actually, he's a little bit of, he's a nice boy. He's a little bit of a square, though. He's very punctual, proper, likes everything done, by the book, super orderly, and doesn't like a lot of uh, mischief for doing things out of order. And like, Thaddeus is working on him saying like, hey, not everything is gonna be perfect and that's okay. We just do the best we can. But he's still, you know, a little bit rigid in that. But he's a, he's a good boy, he's working through it. Right, okay, I always kind of thought Thaddeus would be just not totally square, but like, more square than not. More square, but this this boy is he's like eagle eagle scout level of square. Yeah, so it's basically it's like if Thaddeus calls you a square, that's a slur. <laughs> <laughs> I would Ouch. never say a slur to a student, but I am thinking it. <laughs> <A student? laughs> Everyone else is fair game. But yeah, your tuition's paying my bills, you're fine. Okay, so how have you been holding up since the incident with Mr. Corbett? So, honestly, like, it's been a little bit. And at first it was really hard. He kind of saw a parallel of himself, what he could be if he lost himself into this, if he forgot why he's doing the things he do, forgot his family. So, he actually shortly after the incident, uh, went back to New York and kind of picked up little odds and ends, different uh, toys from his kids, a book of Shakespeare sonnets uh, that his wife really loved, and he's kind of grounded himself, and it's really kind of sparked a focus in him, sparked like a, okay, I now know more of what I'm dealing with. Yeah, so like before he had a drive, but now he has a focus, yeah. Yeah. So he's surprisingly doing better. He's more kind of grounded and, like, driven. Yeah, and 
once you murder one man, what's another? There is that. Look, he went through it. But by the by the where we are now, he's he's a little bit more on top of things. So in particular, you're an associate professor with Miss Katonic, right? Yes. So largely the office is your own. Yes. So just by, by going on leave, you don't, you're not uh, having to uh, pack up everything. So what kind of things are you taking along with you? Um, a couple of different, like, occult books that I had been, like, flipping through, like, halfway reading that I had, like, put in my office to read in my spare time. Those will come with me. I have... I am planning on teaching a French literature course coming up, so I, like, bring it, um, my copy of, like, uh, The Count of Monte Crisco, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Did you just say Count of Monte Crisco? (laughs) (laughs) I might have, accidentally. The Count of Monte Cristo. Ah, the Count of Monte Costco. (laughs) A true story of vengeance. And $1.50 hot dogs. Sam's Club won't know what hit him. <laughs> this is how life feels when you're dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> but no. So some of the books that he's planning on using uh, for his future class in order to like come up with a uh, kind of syllabus and what he's planning on covering. But Yeah. Um, out of curiosity, like, do you have any kinds of just aesthetic decorations here, any like posters, uh, a rug you might have brought in, or is it more of uh, just a utilitarian space? There are some like cool, not quite antique but like older looking, like bookends the, is the word I was looking for. Ooh, I do like a good bookend. Right. And, like, some cool little, like, desk bobbles. But most of it's not super, like, sentimental. Like, they look cool, but it's not something that he'd, like, take with him to places. Okay, yeah, and it's it's not like he's losing the space. Yeah. So these things will be here when he comes back. Exactly. So, Thaddeus, there's a, a knock at your door, and... The only word that kind of comes to mind when you hear it is that it's like, it's a confident knock. It's mm-hmm. one that, that kind of like, somebody knows you're there. You know, and, and that, that kind. Yeah. Uh, come in. Um, so yeah, the door opens and you see Albert Wilmarth. He's a part of the English faculty and like you, he also works as a, fo- as a folklorist. Um, mostly speci- specifying in the Miskatonic Valley here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a thin, tall man. His hairline's started to recede, but it doesn't look terrible yet, but it did bleach already. Something that, you, like, you probably try not to tell him. I mean, my hair is basically completely white also, so... <laughs> Different reasons, but... <laughs> Different reasons. Um, and yeah, he, he uh, asks... So, uh, what made you decide to go on leave already? I mean, the semester's, you know, just started. There's, uh, just some personal things in my life that have popped up, and I'm just kind of taking care of them, getting myself ready before I have to go take care of the students and stuff. Just a couple things I need to look into, I guess. 
Yeah, um, I know some of the faculty here has, uh, I don't know, just, it seems like, uh, like things just kind of happen to some of the faculty here, and they end up not being able to focus on their work, and we end up getting a lot of turnover. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of want to check in, see if there's anything I can do. Thank you, Al- Albert? Or yeah. Albert? Oh. Albert. Albert. Thank you, Albert. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I I have no plans on, you know, quitting being one of the turnover, but while I'm gone, if you could, like, look in and check in with whatever sub they get, make sure they're doing okay, make sure the students are uh, picking up the syllabus uh, quickly. Oh, they haven't told you? Happens. I'm going to be your sub for a while. Oh! So I'm going to be doing another an extra class. Sorry, sorry about the extra workload, but it does make me feel better knowing someone qualified and quite good at the subject is going it's, to be teaching them. It's a lot of extra work, but you don't have to apologize. The overtime pay is uh, it's, it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you know, a lot of professors kind of paid by the credit load. And once you go over a certain amount, that price really raises with each oh, one. I've been looking. One of these days, we'll get up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, first you have to get your own house in order. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and he says, like, okay, well, you know, I know that, uh, just know that I'm I'm here if you need anything, and you know, the librarian Armitage, he's still uh, he'll be able to send you books as you need. Um, just make sure that you send him uh, a letter whenever you need something, and just uh, make sure to take a few forms with you. Right. Thank you. I would have forgotten. <laughs> uh, and you know Armitage is uh, as the head librarian of Miskatonic, and he. Unlike Armitage, or unlike uh, Wilmarth, he's kind of a lot. He's a lot more interested in the occult. Mm-hmm. Uh, he himself has actually written on the topic several times, whereas on the opposite, Wilmarth is kind of morbid on the debunking side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Armitage has probably been a pretty big source of just helping you track things down because he's also lo- interested in local histories. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think your focus is more on Irish folktales, right? Um, there is a leaning towards Irish, but it is also, um, finding the commonalities between different stories and how the retelling of certain, like, themes and, uh, what is the word? settings, I guess, kind of, like, get transferred around. Like, the woods. They're always oh. kind of, like, a dark place. It's very transformative so whenever kind of, someone experiences things in there. So kind of like motifs as well. Yes. Like, yeah, the image of forestry, or the image of prairie, uh, which, setting, but also things that translate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... So, Thaddeus, are you, during this trip to Miskatonic, are you also, like, stopping by your home and taking anything back to New York with you? Yes, I probably would be stopping by home, uh, to get 
I feel like I have, like, a favorite robe that's, like, kind of a patchwork quilt thing that my mother made that's just very warm and comforting. Uh, just some different, like, household items, some more personal, like, books and, like, shaving stuff. Uh, are you bringing, like, quite a bit or is it a small amount? It's... Most I'm trying to get an eye on if you think Thaddeus would be trying to get, like, some help to help it move. No, probably not a full help. It's more just, like, maybe a couple of, like, bigger than briefcase, but, like, yay big, what are those called? Travel size luggage? Sure, we'll go with that. There's a specific type of bag I'm thinking about that's kind of like the leather and, like, you open it. Oh, I know, oh, I know yeah. what you're talking about. I don't yeah. know what those are called. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god, because uh, yeah, we don't have those much anymore. We still have them. But... Yeah. They're almost like a very big leather purse, except for like bigger items. Yeah, because they use the same. If I rem- if I'm thinking of the same thing, it's like this kind of model that they have like uh, fold like that they do for folders now, where it kind of opens accordion style a little. A little bit. <laughs> oh, I know those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I have, I have the I have one of those at home on top of our food. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, more just like a couple of bags to carry with him. Okay. Um. And so I actually imagine that realistically, then he probably has already got the New York home already pretty well set to go. Mostly. Um, there are there are some rooms that, like, he hasn't really touched. Like, the kids' room is still pretty much as it was. Uh, honestly, where we're at, I feel like uh, the main master suite is also kind of closed off. But he has, like, a nice couch. The whole living area and the kitchen is, like, ready to be lived in. And he's probably going to end up sleeping on the couch for a while, at least. And I think as you kind of make your way from Miskatonic back to your home in Arkham, just to pick up the last few things you need before heading back to New York, I suppose, I mean, you you can't really get around the fact that as you come home, you're, you're going right past Mr. Corbett's house and all the things that happened there. The dug-up garden. The dug-up garden, the... I don't know, if does, does that kind of make you feel, like, feel anything? Or, as you said before, does that just make him feel like he's on the right track? There is... I feel like it's a little bit of warring emotions between, like... Almost the guilt for falling into its sway so easily and... Like, the horror at what was going on there versus the, but we did destroy it. We did rid the world of this thing. This is, like, a step in the right direction. So it's kind of a warring of emotions. Yeah, but the it seems like the one that wins out is, is a bit more fire and brimstone. A little bit we accomplished, but we set out. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to move on to the next day, on the second. So, Delilah, you find yourself beneath a sky that looks completely unfamiliar. 
it's painted by shades of purples and yellows that you could swear that some of those shades feel conscious. They look almost like a mist, almost like a version of the Northern Lights, but as you kind of sit and watch them and you see the way they shift, it feels more like a body. When they move, because they move, and they move fast, it's like a snake or a tendril and a stomach breathing in and out at all the same time. And you kind of grasp your hand down and you feel this coarse metallic feeling and you're on a beach, but the sand is deep red and something about it is so alien that you think you should be awed or scared, but instead you feel kind of at peace here. Like there's, there's something important here. Next to you, there's a, a sand castle, but you could really scarcely call it a castle. The towers that elongate within its walls seem to twist up unnaturally like vines that have overgrown poles, and the inside of its walls are kind of this intricate maze that rises and falls in depth and angle and direction, and something that no right mind that you understand would, would either live in or craft, and it must have taken somebody a very, very long time to make. There's a pale green ocean in front of you, and it seems to stretch out as far as you can see, and you think it might just go on forever. And you feel like if you were to step into it, and sink, it would go down forever as well. Behind you, you hear a sound. It sounds kind of like a series of sharp noises, and you can't turn your head, but as you're listening, you realize that they sound like consonants, strung together haphazardly. And you just think you should know what they mean? So she's sitting down? Yeah, she's sitting. I think she'd just kind of slowly stand up and see if she could. You try to stand, but whatever it is that you have, they're not legs. It doesn't work that way. Uh, she'd probably try to listen to whatever is making the noise. The sounds come a little faster now, and you hear a slithering through the sand, the rustling of sand being pushed. Something's moving towards you, and those sounds are coming faster now. Yeah, try to turn around, but can't. No, you, now oh, you're no, able okay. to start shifting your eye line. Okay, yeah. 
trying to take a look and seeing if she can use her arm to like pull herself away from the noise at all. That would be great, but you know, once again, that's assuming you have arms to do that. You still have a heavy mass you can move. And this is probably where an arm should be. And you begin to turn and you see a glimpse of a deep purple leathery thing. And then you wake up. You're alone in bed. Madame Charlotte is on your chest, pressing her paws into your cheeks. And I think the first thought you have is Elizabeth forgot to feed her again. Yeah. But in the corner of your eye, there's a chair in the far corner of your bedroom, and you think you see a dark, slight figure in the chair. Quickly sit up. Yeah, you try to take a look at it, but the longer you look at it, the blurrier it feels. And even though you're looking directly at it, it feels like it's at the edge of your periphery. And then you blink, and it's gone. I'm gonna have you roll me sand. Yep. 52 under 80. I think you're okay. Okay. You just woke up. Probably just a dream. Uh, Why don't you describe your bedroom? Uh, the bedroom? So, a large mattress. Honestly, look, probably silk bed sheets. Nice duvet. Uh, dresser. Ornate wood. Large mirror. Lots of clothes, both in the closet and on the dresser. Pretty neat. Uh, photograph like old bunch of photographs of her <coughs> around. Some knickknacks from places that they've traveled together. Okay. So, what do you do now? I gotta feed Charlotte. You gotta feed Charlotte. You gotta feed Madame Charlotte. Are you getting dressed beforehand, or just kind of, like, stumbling out? I'll probably just roll out of bed and go feed her first, and then... Okay, so yeah, you open up your bedroom door, and you see across the across the flat, Elizabeth is at the kitchen table. She's wearing a white button-up and a black waistcoat, drinking coffee. And across from her is a small, wire, wiry... African-American man with nervous energy. I mean, that just comes right off. He's, he's fidgeting with a pen in his hand. And his gray suit looks a little frayed at the edges, but it still looks it still looks nice. He's balding, but he has kind of the last bits of his hair oiled up, so like it takes up more space than it probably should. But it is doing its job of covering that scalp. 
and he sees you're still in your night in uh what are you wearing? It's, it's rather just like a long nightgown. Like. Yeah, and so he averts his eyes, it's like hello. Oh. Sorry to intrude. And kinda of looking more at Elizabeth. I wasn't aware that we had a guest. She kind of lazily looks from her coffee to you and says, oh, why don't you get dressed here? Uh, I should probably go like nothing happened and uh, get some food up for Charlotte first. You see in the corner, um, the man's eye, like, the man starts to look back and he's like, oh, nope, you have not gone back. Look, focuses back down at his pen that he's kind of toying with at the table. You feed Madame Charlotte, and when she brushes past you, it's not that loving way that when cats brush up against your leg, it is move aside. Get out of my way. Get out of the way. Yeah, she's a brat. <laughs> and then the event, yeah, she'll take, honestly taking her time doing that. She's in no hurry. This is her apartment. Uh, and then... You're in no hurry. He looks back. Okay, nope, still not. I'm just going to stay here and tell, look this way until somebody says otherwise. It's kind of the vibe. Yeah. And then she'll uh, go back to the room and leave the door cracked in like about an inch so it's easier to hear. Yeah, you don't see anything, but you do hear like, nope, the bedroom door is open. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you get changed? Yeah, she get well, dressed. All right, what do you dress into? Uh, it's February, so still winter, long skirt, uh, tights, like, yeah, long wool skirt, patterned, nice, nice shirt that's still, like, kind of thicker and probably grab a sweater just in case you want, needs it, and then just, like, some light, like, just, like, a necklace, and then. So. Yeah, when, when you come back out, the man is staring intensely at your refrigerator on the other side. <laughs> and he is tapping that pen against his leg just ferociously. And Elizabeth is reading something. And she looks at you with a bit of a nasty grin. And she gives a cough. <clears throat> Dear daughter, it is with a heavy heart I inform you of Hildren Castain's passing, Louisa uh, Louis's cousin. He is now engaged, so I'm sorry to say you've missed your chance with him. But I hope you come home and consider some matches I've selected. Your mother's such a charmer, huh? Goes back. You should be at the funeral this Wednesday at the Church of Our Lady of the Scapular of Mount Carmel at 4 p.m. to support him. And then, wait, this is the best part. <laughs> Word is, Hildred's belongings will be put to auction because Lewis doesn't want to keep any of them. Perhaps he can give us some things? Hildred used to keep rather valuable trinkets, and they may help your brother in finding his footing once he leaves college. All the best, Mother. Can you believe this shit? <laughs> I think she'd have an ounce of shame. And Dora's gonna walk over next to the man and kind of lean in and just, so did my parents hire you to come by? He is st 
staring at that refrigerator as if his life depended <laughs> on it. What a gentleman. Um, uh, 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 it was more happenstance. Uh, I was the executor of Hildred's will, and, uh, uh, then I was helping Lewis out, and, uh, and the, uh, your parents, they were there. Oh, boy, uh, they told me you come by. And you're not going to say anything about me living with my dear friend here, right? Why would I? Just making sure. Okay. Still not looking at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was going to, like, reach over, take the paper, and, like, kind of read over it herself. Oh. Oh, uh, so I do have a physical copy for you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This Wednesday. And Elizabeth just smugrinning at you as if the stars aligned. And says... Well, aren't you going to offer our guest some coffee? And Delilah's going to look over at him and not say anything. Nope, that's fine. I don't need it. I think he's good. Um, You can tell Elizabeth's kind of trying not to laugh. And then she fails. <laughs> I suppose I have to go, don't I? Well, valuable things are valuable things. For your brother. A headache's a headache. Yeah, but I could do with a little value. And the man stands up and he puts down a business card and is like, okay, let me know if you have any questions. Um, uh, my name's, you know, Carlton Ramsey. It's, you know, on the card. <laughs> as well as the address. Woo! Thumbs up. <laughs> and, uh, try to starts to make his way out. She skips away if she doesn't see him out. <laughs> he just bullied this man. So. <laughs> He's in my home. He's in my home. You better have a bottle of wine when I get back. Oh, sweetheart, I'll do you a bottle of whiskey. Trying to get me drunk this time? It's not that hard. I think we're going to shift our camera. So, Oksana, it's been about a month. Yeah, like, you got to brace yourself. Yeah. Don't worry, there's no lack of limbs here. Uh-huh. Yet. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been about two months since uh, Annika and Ileana left. Um, if it's the beginning of February... Beginning of February. So only about a month. 
Oh my god, the passage of time is a confusing and cruel beast. I know. And I am its thrall. Yeah. Uh, to quote one of my favorite creators, time is the fire in which we burn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Annika probably didn't go all the way back to Russia because really you're just taking steamships at this point. Mm-hmm. There are planes, they're just expensive. Yeah. Um,. So as far as you can tell, Ileana's probably still on her way back. Yeah. It takes like a week to cross the Atlantic and then you gotta cross. So like, you know, probably home by now. Mm-hmm. But that also super depends on on variables of weather and whatnot at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you're at the port to pick Annika back up, like pick Annika up. Um... Because you know, she'll be she'll be working at NYU for the upcoming semester. Have you kind of like prepared anything, driver or anything else at the time for this? Um, probably. Yeah, I probably have like a cab. Um, because she's probably got like a lot more things than she had last time. Um, she'd have the same amount because she wasn't able to get back all the way back home. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, she's probably got like a decent amount of stuff, so they probably have a cab. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, knowing her, she does have a, quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the, the ship has been there for a little bit. They're probably just doing their last minute checks, and you're watching as a, a series of people get vetted and sent down, and sent down the little bridge down. Mm-hmm. And... You see her and uh, up at the top, and she just looks fucking annoyed. <laughs> you can't hear what she's saying, but you kind of know what she's saying. <laughs> I've already been checked. Why checking again? You don't need to be checking anymore. You checked already. You don't have to check again. You checked me when I came in here. You don't have to check again. Oh my god, it's not Matt, it's not Matt, Matt. oh my god. Her hair, her, like, hands are, uh, are kind of going up to her hair. Mm-hmm. Oxana's oh, just, like, kind of smirking and laughing into her cigarette as she watches it happen. <laughs> Very well acquainted with how annoying the checks are around here. Yeah, okay, so you're smoking your cigarette and, um, eventually, like, midst argument, like, somebody else comes over, tries to calm her down, and she's like, okay, I'm not making a big deal of this. And you can see, like, kind of see that from her face. Mm-hmm. She looks down, sees you smoking and smiling, and it's just, your life ends today. <laughs> <laughs> Type of look. Mm-hmm. But eventually, after a long, arduous quest, uh, worthy only of Odysseus, <laughs> she finally makes her way down. Mm-hmm. And she looks at you, and you think this is far too funny. I think it is appropriately funny. Appropriately fu- I have been on this ship for, like, a week. You think that they, they check things so much when you come on. I, I don't know. Perhaps you teleported off of the boat into the ocean and got back on. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I really, I think there's something about the fact of the previous time exploration via portal that kind yeah. of like feels great about that. 
and just who knows. Maybe I have airdrop come down onto ship, and then I, like, take those things, and it is, like, weapons of destruction, and when machine guns, and they think that I just put that in my little handbag. <laughs> yes, this is my Tommy gun, and she points to her small purse. <laughs> I don't know, it looks pretty dangerous. <laughs> I think it's just the accent, honestly. It's absolutely the accent, they- People here. Ugh. You know, I think the two of you kind of go back and forth for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of see the cab driver um, looking up and he looks very impatient. Mm-hmm. But like not angry. It is more wiggling left, wiggling right. And then window roll down, pops up. Hey, the name's Donnie, how are you doing? It's so good to meet you, so you're a friend of Oksana's? Oh, that- like, it's just like, looks sound good. I believe he has to quish. Yes. <laughs> I am very good friend of Oksana's, thank yes. Oh, that's wonderful, I'm so glad that she has more friends. Are you on her Christmas list too? Yes, she's on. Yes, okay, so we sent this whole letter, and like she didn't send back, but I like I knew when we sent it that like there was love in that heart, you know? Like we've we've really vibed, you know? We really have an, a, a, a relationship that I think is gonna last forever. It's going to last forever now, she it's says, a bond looking that at you. cannot be broken. <laughs> that, that is exactly it. A bond that cannot be broken, will not be broken. We are in it, we are ride or die. <laughs> okay, I do not like the direction of this anymore. It, I can't actually blame him. He did nearly die once. Excuse me. Yeah, so it was crazy, but you know what? I know that like sometimes I can talk so much that today I will dial it back for your special meeting up. Now, if you just want to get your bags in the back, uh, I'll tell you all about all uh, all about uh, what I've been up to for the past month. Delightful, thank you so much. And <laughs> takes Annika's bags. Yes, you heard them get in the car. <laughs> she looks to you and mouths, Do not make me. <laughs> oh, I'm making you. <laughs> you. A tear threatens to escape her left eye. <laughs> and she walks, but without hope, without purpose, <laughs> and enters the back. And you are given the mercy of a few seconds of muddled voice without understanding. Mm-hmm. But then, inevitably, like destiny, mm-hmm. as the fates weave, you must also enter the back seat. Uh, yes. As the fates have written. So. Oksana, eventually, yeah, the the two of you return to Finch's home, and you both kind of, like, step out, and Donnie is, like, leaning out, and he's like, oh, uh, we can get drinks later if you want. I mean, you know, there's so much more to, like, really talk about. I didn't tell you about my Aunt Matilda and, like, her, uh, and, like, oh, what she went to college for, because she actually is an administrative genius for policy. 
I, perhaps another time. You know, she just got in. She's very tired. Oh, I imagine. But don't worry. I don't think there's anything as relaxing as learning about uh, about uh, proper road administration, law enforcement, and ways that it can be ethically distributed rather than by the people, rather than institutions. Um, and uh, my my aunt is like really is really on board with this sort of thing. Um, so so about the unions and Annika's. No 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 no. It's enough. <laughs> You know, give Mildred our best, and uh, we'll see you next time, though. I will! (laughs) He drives off. So as he drives off, there's a moment where Annika's, like, at the front door, but she doesn't open it. And she sits there, and she's just, I just need one minute. One minute of quiet. So that was (laughs) Donnie. Was the one minute too hard to ask for? Yes, and walks in. Oh my god, you bitch. <laughs> and she follows behind. So, yeah, and when you enter, yeah, there's, there's a, this entryway. You can hang up your coats, take off your shoes, and... Further in, you know, is kind of that living room, that large, like, kind of uh, living room, sitting room that the Christmas party had taken place in. So the bar's kind of on the left there. Mm-hmm. The kitchen's further up into the into the left. And it's, yeah, a very, very impressive size that we can only dream of mm-hmm. nowadays. Uh, and to the right is more that traditional sitting room. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, towards that back... Kind of the dining table. And you see Sarah up there, and she turns to you and gives a... Oh, my God. <laughs> I named her Sarah before you joined. You can't say anything. Nope. Lip zip. Hey, at least you're not, your character's not named Rachel anymore. <laughs> it's not named after my sister. Yes, <laughs> no one heard of it. Um, so... Yeah, Finch is at the head of the table. Sarah's kind of, like, setting out some platters. Mm-hmm. And you notice the smell is really different than what they normally would have for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And when Sarah turns to you, she has just got, like, a big grin on her face. And Annika Sarah goes, No way. And you see on... The kitchen table there is a kind of, is a traditional Russian breakfast of what might be your least favorite breakfast, but most consumed mm-hmm. uh, kasha, which is a porridge made with buckwheats, oats, and or millet. Mm-hmm. The or I feel is important to enunciate there. <laughs> uh, blini, which are kind of like Russian crepes. Um, mm-hmm. And most upsettingly, and to Annika's pl- greatest pleasure, I think it's pronounced Tavorog, which is cottage cheese made into pancake form, fried, and served with sour cream and or jam. I looked this up. This is a thing. Oh, yep. Oh, I have no doubt. I felt the pain as well as you do right now. This feels like a fear factor food. <laughs> <laughs> the, the big thing that gets me is the and. Like, up until then, I'm like, not my thing, but edible, I guess. And jam? 
The no. I'm sorry. The cottage cheese fried as a breakfast item was. You were oh, up yeah. to that point. You were like, I'm on board with this. You lived they in a dorm something. with me. You lost me at cottage cheese. Yeah. Uh, I, one, I just think of Charlie going. So it was brewing in a cottage. You say. <laughs> Secondly, I've never had cottage cheese before in my life. Yes, you have. I have. Yep. Texture nightmare. Ooh. Especially when. Uh, if you're not expecting it, it especially. As a but <laughs> see, but yeah, you can't get with me. This shouldn't surprise you at all. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you double tacking bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the one thing though was yeah when we lived in the dorms together and then the apartment residually we'd make grilled cheese or we'd make like scrambled eggs with cheese on it and Alex would let the cheese like some of the cheese slip off and fry and eat just that yeah. <laughs> it sounds about right it's good you went out it's of your way was it parmesan yeah. that you just yeah. like you would literally just put it in a pan and let it fry that's and really common the- actually yeah, yeah. Probably fun, especially yeah. It's, it's weird to do, but understandable to eat. So we, so what you're saying, what you're all saying, is we should take parmesan, fry it in the shape of a pancake, yes, and consume it with and or sour cream and jam. No. The jam is the problem here for me. It's different. Also, love. Yes. I have packed you parmesan crisps before. That's just fried parmesan. Mm, mostly baked, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I just. Whatever I'll become. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know how you feel about this breakfast. Um, I think Oksana mostly just um, attaches it to sort of what they would regularly serve at the girls' home. And so it's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it's like, I see the gesture. I understand. But it's just like... Uh, you know what I think it kind of might be actually here mm-hmm. is like Oksana looks at the porridge and is like fuck no and then sees the cottage cheese and oh brewed in a cottage you say <laughs> weirdly enough it's probably the other way around really because like she grew up on the farm it's probably they probably have the porridge all the time there Yes, yes. Yeah, so, oh, so that would probably be pretty common there, but like the cottage cheese one, she's like, that's the girls' home. Breakfast. Uh, <laughs> memories. None of them good. <laughs> You're right. Uh, so uh, Sarah stands before you, looking very <laughs> proud of this breakfast, mm-hmm. um, and your eyes go into a flashback sequence. <laughs> that will say, lasts... <laughs> Um, it's gonna last about 40 seconds Solid. of staring. And Annika's on the other side of just kind of nudging at your sleeve. Hello. Hello. Come back down to this planet, please. I'm on this planet. Shut up. What are you too good for, for cottage cheese now? No, I suppose not. Yes, because I would cons- I would think that you would uh, love anything brewed in the cottage. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy the breakfast they have made for you. Say thank you. 
Oh, you could have done so much better. You gotta come back with something. Oh my god. And she go like laughs and goes to sit down and start and like starts to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she's um, like, you tried to have comebacks after dealing with Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> it burns you out inside. Yeah. There's only so much uh there's only so much uh, wax on this wick. Yeah. It puts a cup over the flame. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, so like Sarah's kind of uh, is bringing is putting some stuff onto another plate for you, and unfortunately, it's a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she probably doesn't really know that these are pr- that the thing with cottage uh, with cottage cheese and sour cream should probably be not be next to the crepe, except apparently it's really common to actually still have sour cream with the crepes. Yeah, there's sour cream on like everything Eastern European. Haunting. I can never go there. <laughs> I'll just eat the meat. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's like an appropriate amount of sour cream, and it's like honestly not bad. Like at Moscow yeah, on the hill. Like I found that uh, I I like when there's like a tiny bit of sour cream, but I don't like sour cream. Mm-hmm. So it's like a yeah. little bit. I think it's fine. It's like fine. Oh, same. Anything yeah. more than the tiniest bit, and you are making me envision the ninth circle of hell. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the flavor of it itself, I'm, I could take or leave, but I think it blends with other things really, really well. Yeah, when it blends, it's good, but, yeah. Hey, Jake, you doing good? Yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> you just are bobbing up and down, but, like, oh, like, in the middle of a screamo song where you're, like, hunched over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just listening to the conversation. Um, and... Yeah, so then Sarah says, oh, uh, yeah, by, by the way, um, uh, a letter came for you. Oh, a, a, a letter. Uh, thank you. Who is it from? Uh, I, I didn't take a look at it. I figured that you prob- that would probably be a little inappropriate. Uh, and then if you'd like, you can read it aloud. Um. Or I can read it. That's fine. I have a copy with me, too. It's cool. Um, I can read it aloud, but I think Oksana probably, like, reads it to herself, like, but I'll read it aloud for the recording. But, okay. Uh, Miss Ushakova, my name is Carlton Ramsey. I am a legal representative acting on behalf of Louis... Castain. Castain. He has elected to auction off a series of manuscripts he inherited recently. The texts seem to be of Russian origin, but are extremely old. How old, I cannot say. I would like to hire you to appraise said books and authenticate their legitimacy so we may have the best sense of their value. My client wishes there to be no hesitation in this manner, so instead of a set wage, we'd like to offer you approximately 20% of the total sum earned at auction, which we expect to be substantial. Please contact my office on 124th Street and Lenox Avenue with regards to your answer. All the best, Carlton Ramsey. Um... Yeah, so I think Oksana, like, reads that, and actually, like, like, as, like, probably, like, steps away from the table to, like, read it, um, kind of thing, and then is, like, oh, that's You hear in the background, your cottage cheese is typically so watery. This is fantastic. Yeah, I put in chunks. What do you mean, chunks? (laughs) I think here's that, what does she mean, the chunks, actually? Okay, no, uh... Um, and then I think she probably runs back, um, uh, Sarah, have you ever heard of this, um, 
what is it, the Louis Castin? Uh, she, uh, yeah, she turns from her conversation about the chunks, uh, and says, oh, um, I think he was pretty, from pretty well-to-do family, but one of those kind of dying-out old money types. Uh, okay, um, yeah, and I think she's, um, sort of, like, waves the letter. Um, apparently he is, um, auctioning some things and would, uh, like, to hire me to... Appraise them. <laughs> I mean, old money collects old money things, so I imagine you can probably get something out of it. Uh, yes, it um, sounds like good money. Huh? So um, I'll probably take this job, so uh, so I, I should write him back. Uh... Uh, so, yeah, just as a character note, yeah, like, right back, or, or visit the offices, um, although you do know mm-hmm. from the address given that, mm-hmm. uh, his address is, uh, is actually in, in Harlem. Oh! Okay, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so either way, you know where mm-hmm. to contact him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, like, Annika kind of turns with, like, a mouth full of the cottage cheese pancake form. Mm-hmm. Um, puts great effort into chewing and swallowing it, and I just arrived and you're already looking for new work? I, I was not looking for work, and the work came to me. Oh my goodness, you're terrible at this. Goes back to eating her pancake of cottage cheese. Okay. You have things to do, I understand. Oh no, it sounds like you really, would really like to follow me like Lost Puppy. <laughs> when, she, when she looks back, it's like there's a surprise. You know, it's not to you, it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of spite in them, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just. Why don't you go get your job done? Mm, I think and I then will. you can play good host. Oh, like you need host to make yourself comfortable. Well, I'd at least like the attempt. <laughs> <laughs> or is that amount of civility uh, dead to you? No, not dead to me, but, uh, you know, it's you. (laughs) Looks to Sarah and Finch expectantly. Finch looks harder down (laughs) at the the cottage cheese that he will not eat. (laughs) I don't think my kidneys could do this. (laughs) And Sarah just hands up. I'm not going to help you here. Just run along. Mm-hmm. You know where the guest rooms are. Yes, it would be too much to ask you to do such basic things for me. Oh, what have you forgotten in your old age? No, it's probably a good thing that I look on my own because it'd be asking a lot for such a stupid cow to be able to guide me there. But if you'd like, I can put down some, I can put down some hay and maybe you can find your way. 
Oh. As if you would ever get your hands dirty touching hay. So oh. prim and proper. Oh, that was so weak. Leave me to my cottage cheese. <laughs> Enjoy your chunks. <laughs> oh, that's right. The chunks were aren't they? And that's what the last few years you walk away. <laughs> No, 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 it's just a chunk. You don't get like So let me explain. And that's it. <laughs> She's like, you want that kind of cheese? All right, dig your own grave. Goodbye. Okay. Uh, I will call for a little bit of a, for a five-minute break. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I just need to keep your cover. It's okay, he's not here. <laughs> okay. So, um, shifting focus after you kind of got dunked on, but at least you got your little chunks bit in. Yeah. Um, William. I was gonna get into the swing of it whenever she visits. Yeah, you're in the swing of it. You're getting outclassed. You're. No. I'm sorry that you're in a heavyweight championship and you're just way too light. It's fine. <laughs> so, William, you finally got a little bit of money to fix up which Bessie? Is this Bessie or old Bessie? Um. I'm thinking... Because they're both named Bessie. <laughs> Are you going to roll on which one it is? I'm giving him his coin back. Uh, let's see. This side's old Betsy, this side's new Betsy. Okay. I can't flip a coin well, but... Wait, is it I, Bessie I or Betsy? No, Be- uh, Bessie. Okay, because I thought there, you said yeah, Betsy. Yeah, I thought you said Betsy. Is it Betsy or Betsy? Is I there a T? I there Betsy. is a T. Okay, there's Betsy. a T. Here, so uh, let me flip it, man. Betsy? Okay, so the, uh, so uh, this is old Bessie. This is Bessie. Old oh, Bessie. fuck, no, now I can't do it. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. God. It's like when I talk to dice. We have to dice. pass it around the table. That's fine. Okay, so it's old Bessie. Okay. Bessie. 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 Mm. Ross. So you're, uh, you finally got some parts to, to uh, replace an old Bessie, uh, thanks to our friend Richard. Hey, <laughs> hey. And... You're not just fixing her. You're trying to show Alex how to. And he's like, kind of. <laughs> yeah, we have two characters named out and from players. You're gonna make us Cynthia and BC. <laughs> no, oh my god. No, like, the most upset I've ever been was playing, like, was playing this game and like going with the Joe with uh, the starting name, not making my own. And then it gets NSFW unexpectedly, and it's Cynthia's name, and I'm like, no, oh. I'm restarting now. Yeah, we're changing names. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, William, you're, you're trying to show Alex. Why don't you make me a mechanical repair roll? See how well you're teaching him. A 68 over 50, so not that good. And this is the transmission. He asks, and you reply, that's a wheel. (laughs) Alex, that is the left back wheel. Transmission's up here. Right. And he... No left. (laughs) (laughs) He shifts up, and he's clearly looking for it, and you're about to tell him where it is, and Ashton kind of comes comes behind you, and he's... Waving a piece of paper towards you. Yo, w- William. Yep. Uh, telegram for you. They're gonna be from Perry. From Perry? 
That's the old uh, commanding officer. Oh my god, I thought you were just trying to be fancy and say Paris. No. I was like, who do you know in Paris? Uh, I'm assuming you want me to read this out loud. Yeah, go right ahead. William, I am unraveling. A cousin of mine passed recently at Buffalo State Asylum. I find myself thinking I will share his fate. We need to meet. Please come to my home in New York. Lewis. Your, or your friend, Lewis. So, one. Do you say that aloud when you read it? I wouldn't have read it out loud to them, but I would have... Yeah. No, I wouldn't have read it out loud, sorry. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, you remember Lewis as he was in another unit during the war that you worked with multiple times. Um, and now that in the Middle Eastern theater you were in, he was, he always had a pretty good head on his shoulders and was pretty accomplished. So, um, I really, like, honestly, I think you two were, were not super close, but you definitely, like, shared quite a lot of time together on the, like, on the front. So, yeah, as I read that, I kind of, I put the note in my backpack and... Ashton, I'm gonna have to ask you a pretty good favor. You have okay. So let me cut you off here. So you have said that approximately three. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Four times in the past six months. If you're gonna go missing again and dump all of your workload on me again. No, 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 no. Remember, I'm going before I head out. I'm going to make a chore list for all of you guys. Oh, okay, so then I get one more thing to do and everybody I, else gets I'm one more thing to do. I'm just asking you right now to help him figure out some of the parts of the tractor. I'm going to be here all day. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that Alex is 16 and doesn't know how this thing works. And he, he kind of shakes his head, puts his hand up to his brow and goes, Kid, did your dad never teach you any of this? He died when I was young! <laughs> I will absolutely do that, William. <laughs> Remember, no, no, no. This is Alex. Is Alex is Alex's father committed suicide during the war. I th- <gasps> <gasps> I, it just hit me like a truck. I remember. Yeah. Either way, Alex was still young. This is, young. Young. this is just so much worse now. Yeah. So he. He was so, 14 when he died. Um, I told you all about this. It was a deep source of trauma for me. <laughs> William, please. Please don't. Please don't go. <laughs> he turns and, uh, <laughs> one second. Oh, God, you're the last one. Of course, you're the last one in here. Um, oh, no. okay, okay, okay. There's one other person. Ashton starts yelling, Brock! Brock! <laughs> Goes towards the house, Brock! Need your help here! Are you trying to avoid this conversation? <laughs> as I imagine, as he's coming up, Brock's looking at him, I'm sorry, I have to go to the church soon. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. So, Alex. Yeah? 
Hey, how about we leave her down for a bit and uh, we do something in town together as comrades in arms? If you guys are not going to work on her, please put her back into the shed. You don't want snow getting on her. Absolutely will do that. Thank you. And then as you start to walk away, you hear Ashton whisper, Oh my god, I'm such a piece of shit. <laughs> um, and then you, and another whisper, Yeah, you are kind of are. I would then head in, uh, divvy up chores for the next, like, at least a week. And then... Yeah, and you know, uh, when you come back, there's there's gonna be some mumbling about it. Oh, yeah. And then... Call for a taxi, because we don't... No, no, we'd have a car. Yeah. Not a that's good a one. Really, that's really lucky for you, huh? And I would start making my way to Lewis. Okay. Um... I think that's going to take you a little bit. So I'm going to shift focus here. So, Richard. Hey. You wake up a little late. Mm -hmm. You're a bit of a night owl, right? Yeah. First, I kind of want to know a little bit about what your your bedroom looks like. Ooh, that's a good question. I kind of, if, if I might, I think his bedroom and, like, his house is kind of modeled off of what we now would consider a modern minimalism with artwork. Um, maybe... I don't... I don't know. I, he's he's an incredibly gaudy individual. Minimalism oh. doesn't really fit. Okay, but hear me out. It's because it's, you do minimal, minimalism so that the gaudiness of the artwork takes precedence over mm. all else. Then, in that sense, if, uh, I think that works, but only if it's over the top. It's not infrequent artworks. The walls are lined. Um, but, uh, not, not in a cluttered way, obviously, right. tastefully. He but, has them themed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um... But, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, um, lots of, uh, lots of velvet and silk, lots of, uh, um, the, it's a four-post bed in the bedroom, um, absolutely massive wardrobe. He's got a bit of, he has a walk-in closet on the other oh, side. Oh, yes, a hundred And you better believe it's a walk-in. Mm-hmm. You could, uh, I, I think that, uh, his closet is larger than most of the apartments in the city. Oksana would have you happy in there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, out of curiosity, and if it's a bit too much, just, you know, let me know. Uh, what kind of artwork does he find himself drawn to, to putting up? Is he a fan of more classics, things that are kind of more modern to the 1920s? Um, so this is where me not knowing a damn thing about art is a problem as a person. When in doubt, J. J. W. Turner out. (laughs) Uh, He does a a lot of, like, really fantastic 
kind of landscape pieces if you really wanted to boil it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're they're, like, they're my favorites. I mean, then that. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think he'd probably like Rococo bird. I'm sorry. Who? Uh, he'd probably like. Um, one second. Let me like pull up an example. Here, and I will. Right. I'll, I'll bring up JW Tanner for you. I always do classics like Monet and Raphael. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's uh, oh. largely what would be in his more public areas. Um, that seems like what would be in his bedroom. Oh, yeah. okay. The swinger. Um, yeah. what's called? Because the swing. The swing. The swinger. <laughs> <Yeah>, the swing. <laughs> Slightly yeah. different meaning. <laughs> yes, my favorite art piece, Richard, the swinger. It's me too. <laughs> I hate that I know that. Look, yeah. Oksana, you can vibe with it. Cursed. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, uh, so... You get up and you hear... A, a, a loud voice coming from your uh, coming from your living room. You can't quite make it out. Your door's a little heavy for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from like, can I tell? Is it coming from the apartment or outside the apartment? Uh, it's coming from inside. Okay. I'll give you a listen roll if you'd like to figure it out right now. Sure. Why not? Uh, that's a 53 over 45. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so I'll, uh, I think I'll get out of bed and wander out the door. Yeah, you poke your head out and I, does Richard wear, like, kind of full pajamas? Like, top and, no, oh. Richard wears absolutely nothing. That's, (laughs) I just remembered as soon as I said that, that you, when I, the question in the interview, you put, what does he wear to bed? Winky face. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, so you open it, you see Kevin, he's t- and he's talking to Elizabeth, and he turns to you, and he's going, and he says, oh my, and Elizabeth says, oh no, <laughs> there are boundaries in this friendship that can very easily not, we can't come back from, <laughs> Richard, I implore you. You like those words, right? Like words like implore to put on some fucking underwear at least. You used it correctly this time. Just for you, I'll do it. Um, And you turn around to go get dressed and you hear... With a skip in his step. With a skip in his step. And you hear, I did use it correctly? Yes, you did. I I was actually really impressed. Wow, that's actually really great. Okay. So yeah, you, you get dressed. What, what do you change into? Let's see. You, it's February, so it's still pretty cold. So um, yeah, this is more of a wear suit, but you also wear a nicer but thicker coat over. Mm-hmm. So he's for around the house right now. He's um, going to put on um, a pretty standard uh, for him. I was gonna say there is no such thing as standard for this man. Uh, set of um. Let's see. 
Peach and salmon are my go-tos, but I'm trying to think of something that... Uh, oh. If I might. Mm-hmm. Arctic snow white mm. like top. And then you gotta have a scarlet, maybe a scarlet red uh, coat, or like a waistcoat underneath. And, and a dead animal around my neck. <laughs> buttercream, buttercream, buttercream. Croc skin, buttercream. Let's go into the waste. God bless the best movie ever made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, like maybe uh, white and then a red underneath. Yeah, like, like, a, great like contrast. A, a deep scarlet, yeah. And then I think the only answer for like a tie might be the salmon. The, the salmon. Fits the Red. waistcoat? No? Mm-mm. No, okay. not with Scarlet. Oh, no. wow. I got super... <laughs> of a, what, what do you think of, like, a silver? I think that might work. Um, I still feel like it's a, maybe a little silver, much. Silver with a white. Yeah. Silver yeah. with a white. Maybe just, like, a black. Yeah. I, oh, don't, that, I don't like black with this. I think black goes with red a bit well here. I don't think it works with it when the white is over. Or maybe that maybe maybe that evens it out a little. Hmm. I was thinking like uh, like a black tie and then around his hat, um, like the ribbon around his hat is black as well. Just like small bits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Welcome to how do we look the a queer eye in the nineteen twenties. <laughs> Probably like yeah, black with like a small white pattern in it. Mm. Oh, I didn't though. even consider it being patterned. Yeah, patterned. yeah. oh yeah, it's gotta be patterned. Obviously. Oh, what kind of like striped or like checkered? I was thinking, uh, so I was thinking, um, one of the floral. Uh, I was thinking one of the finer crisscross patterns, like checkered, oh, okay. but in a, mm. a more thread width, more than a actual checkerboard. I think crisscross works really well when you're doing like a bold color combination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was surprisingly. That was surprisingly this is that, that is not surprising. At all. <laughs> um, so you come out and you hear, uh, you still hear Kevin say, "Oh my," and you still hear uh, Elizabeth go, "Oh no," but. All right. I can go back if you like. Nope, nope. I did not sign up for that. <laughs> um, Close to being called a slur. <laughs> Elizabeth might be... What is the way you called it? As uh, straight as a... Uh, that that Richard is as straight as a corkscrew and as fruity as a cocktail. <laughs> yeah! I'm using that. <laughs> Prepare to be plagiarized. <laughs> <laughs> Royalties. Royalties. <laughs> One penny. That's better than I was expecting. <laughs> Look, darling, it's more than what I had before. <laughs> um, so, despite how rageously, uh, ragingly queer Elizabeth might be, you really put that to the test. <laughs> and you come out and she says... So, uh, are you good? You good to talk now? We're all, we're I, all right now. I've I've been good to talk since earlier. I, this was your problem, dear. <laughs> Haunting. <laughs> and she turns to Kevin. How how much does Kevin know about? He knows what you do. Yep. How much is he involved? 
Um, I think that he is, um, divorced of the business itself. I don't think he has a hand in anything that you I do. You scared the shit out of no. me. The word divorce for a second there. I don't think he has a hand in anything that I do, but I think he's pretty well aware. But he wouldn't want to be around for shop talk. Um, maybe just because it makes him somewhat uncomfortable. Like... So, Elizabeth, yeah, looks to him, and he at first has this good-natured smile, and then he's like, okay, I kind of <laughs> catch what's happening here. And he um, straightens his uh, suit, which is uh, just kind of a classic, kind of deep, like, ashen gray and blue. He likes kind of a little bit more of the conservative colors. Mm-hmm. And he leaves... And you know he's probably heading to the the university. Mm-hmm. And when the door closes... Have, oh, a, have a fantastic day, dear. Try to have one, a better one. <laughs> you hear, but there's like a bit of... There's hesitancy there, like, uh... I know what you're about to do, <laughs> but I won't say it. <laughs> and... When the door closes behind him, Elizabeth kind of takes a, pulls out a seat from your table and puts her legs up on it. And God, you do, I think you just hate it when she does that. <laughs> you eat on there for fuck's sake. On to, on the kitchen table? Yeah. Um, uh, Especially when she's like, looking down at her boots and like, ah, oh, I got something on it. Kicks her boots together. <laughs> Jesus Christ, an ounce of civility? Oh, don't you hire people for that sort of thing? Like, that's what... You! (laughs) I hire you! (laughs) Look, the type of cleaning I do is very different than the cleaning this is. But they only come daily and I need to have lunch there. Oh, no, eat somewhere else. Jesus Christ, eat out. (sighs) She kind of, like, folds her... I thought that's your job. <laughs> she folds her hands together and just okay. I'm done with the foreplay. <laughs> you want to make some money or not? I mean, what's it? Uh, you uh, you want to talk business? What do you have for me? So, she has a bit of a, a lazy grin when she cocks her head and says, "So I think I have a bit of a line on." Something I'm, I think I think would be pretty promising. Some, some I guess like crazy fuck kicked the bucket. Now his cousin is uh, trying to get rid of his shit. But I say we could probably alleviate that issue for him. Ah, uh, that sounds simple enough. But is anything worth anything? I mean. Oh, this lawyer fella, he came by, told me that there's probably some books in there worth a shitload. I was thinking maybe we bring in that pretty little archivist. (laughs) She thinks I'm pretty. (laughs) I hope that this is not your type, Cynthia. This is this is his time. This is his time. Yeah. I, I hope this is not a three for three. No. <laughs> um. 
<laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, <laughs> you see, I don't know that I want to out myself further on recording either, but... <laughs> Um, I like that the more you hide it, the more apparent it is. <laughs> She's too mean. <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking say it. Makima from Chainsaw Man is a terrible person to have a relationship. You should both be ashamed. I am disturbed. Uh, <laughs> the, okay, but, but. Oh, oh no. But here's the thing. Alex was like, oh no, she's me- she's too mean for me. And then you watch the first second and you're like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I'm, glad I get, I'm, I'm glad I get to end the session. We're going to return home with both of you and we can sit in perfect silence in the car ride home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, uh... Once again, your type is butch lesbian. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> It's highly unfortunate. <laughs> Look, we'll see. We'll play this campaign. See how Richard feels about being dumb by a man. And see how you feel by Richard. Vicariously. Vicariously. I'm sorry. What was happening? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So last line was, uh, was her cocking her head a little bit. And I was thinking, you know... We bring in that pretty little archivist. Get our work and get some worth out of her. Get how much those books are worth. Cut her in on the deal. I mean, last time... When I've spoken with her, that she hasn't exactly been... Uh, on the friendliest of terms, but maybe some, uh, some cash can grease the wheels. Richard, Richard, Richard. And... She swings herself up a little bit and taps you on the side of the face. The problem is, you probably didn't flash enough money, right? How much did you, how much of you kind of swung away? Uh, 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 I mean, I haven't, uh, I'm not uh, saying, I've not really had a use to try. Uh, well, my friend, try the carrot, and when all else fails, try the stick. Carrot meets stick. gestures <laughs> to himself. There's just... There's so many jokes, it's hard to pick one. <laughs> I, I feel it's... like I'm making you more like Elizabeth more and more, Damien. <laughs> I, I I understand. Um, I'll uh, get in contact and uh, see if an arrangement can be made. Um, you do that. I'll go ahead and check the place out, and draw me a line when you figure out whatever the fuck you two are gonna do if you're gonna do anything. Mm-hmm. You wanna um, give me, uh, You wanna jot down a couple of in uh, some information for me that I can. Uh, Send some feelers out to some of my other sources. See if I can't get anything. Uh, what kind of information are you lo- are you wanting specifically here? From the- um, uh, the in- like a lot about the individual himself who died. Like, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, you voice that. She picks up on what you mean. 
nods her head and says, right, I'll get someone to piece it together for you. All right. Will you be staying for lunch? If you are, then that will be your seating. Staying for lunch? No, I'm, I'm good, my man. And, yes, she leaves. So, we're going to return to Thaddeus. Thaddeus, I kind of imagined... When you were taking stuff from your office in Ara in uh, Miskatonic, uh, you left for New York pretty shortly after. Yeah. So I think now that it's kind of, it's still a little bit before, even before noon, that you're probably now home. And you've been looking intensely for anything out of the norm, right? Mm-hmm. Not just in occult texts, but newspapers, like word of mouth, just anything you can listen to. Mm-hmm. Odd rumors. So you come across, you had come across the previous day, a news piece about a Hildred Castain who died in an asylum. Apparently a complete madman. He claimed to be the ruler of the earth. He claimed that he had his cousin's fiance assassinated and she's very well alive. <laughs> and his friend that helped make him rise to greathood is also dead. But... Apparently mauled by his cat. <laughs> and there's something about that, like that, that headline of Man's World Conspiracy Foiled, Assistant Dead by Cat. <laughs> that really caught your attention, right? Yeah. And so you yeah, you read the article. And then you read an article from another post. Mm-hmm. And another one. Because the more you read about this story, the stranger it becomes. Apparently, this man, Hildred Castain, believed that he was supposedly the rightful ruler of the United States of America via kingship. Mm-hmm. Which, what a start. Because why not? <laughs> And he apparently had an a, a, a advisor, a royal advisor, who aided him in this endeavor by the name of Mr. Wilde. And Mr. Wilde, the same night that Hildred Castine was arrested for attempting to murder his cousin, <laughs> was accordingly murdered by his cat. Which there is a you as you read, a well documented series of violent incidents between him and his cat. Interesting. Um <laughs> to see you cock Sorry, Kaiba. <laughs> Only no. one space for one in this house. Not Kaiba. <laughs> no, I'm imagining Kaiba with a nine mil and a pillow just <laughs> Those Go. empty, empty eyes. Two <laughs> <laughs> go to bed, one awakens. One awakens. Um, 
And I think, like, as funny as it is, there's kind of something about it that feels it weird. Because it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up because it could easily be like, easily be believed to be the ravings of a lunatic. And in fact, it most likely is. Mm-hmm. But the image that the papers write of Castain, of, of like some of the little things he says about Mr. Wilde being somebody with with infinite reach, with a uh, that had a reputation for fixing reputations, mm-hmm. doing strange like fixing work, but like it's more abstract than that. It's not the kind of thing that like I mean you you heard what Richard does. Yeah. <laughs> But this seems kind of way more abstract. This is like people lose the lose their name in horrible cases. People don't trust them anymore. And he makes it happen. Or he finds things that shouldn't be found. Things that really shouldn't exist. And that's when you're... like That's kind of what you find as you look deeper and deeper. Is that some of what he claims about this Mr. Wild figure... There's a little bit of legitimacy to it. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least a compelling amount of evidence, even if it's not really evidence in of itself. Yes. And, yeah, and you read these interviews with Castain, where he explains that he has been granted sovereignty over this nation. And it's funny, but... I don't know, some of these things are so specific. He, like, lays out plans of secession, or of succession. Mm-hmm. He lays out these strange ideas of courtship that could only either be made by someone obsessed with the with the old medieval feudal novel, like, model, or somebody told them mm-hmm. about this. And just... There's something about it that really bothers you. And I think I'm curious as to, firstly, if Thaddeus is, is, is thinking about the people that he worked with, I guess worked is a interesting choice of word, uh, more pointed a gun at <laughs> during the course of Mr. Corbett. Why or not is it, both? Because <laughs> as we kind of discussed before, they, uh, I think he's still kind of disturbed by how liberally they behaved. Yeah. There's part of him that thinks, like, like oh, I am in New York. These people are around. But also he, he feels like he doesn't have enough, like, solid evidence where they would, like, want to work with him. It's like, it took a lot to even get them to investigate a child's hand falling in the middle of the street. So it feels like he needs to dig up something a little bit more concrete before he... That's completely fair. And in fact, uh, one of the articles you come across specifically mentions that the home of Hildur Castine, where a lot of this melodrama seemed to happen, mm-hmm. um, because it was, just not, it was not just his home, but Mr. Wilde, in fact... Uh, occupied the same floor, but different flats. Um, it's above a Mr. Uh, Haberk's uh, smithy. 
so realistically you could find pretty easily if you wanted. Yeah. Do you, well, this I'm asking only because like I've heard other people and usually like the estate and auction things, would that have been in the paper at all? Um, so at this point, the funeral, yes, the auction has probably, it was probably mentioned, but there's no date given yet. Okay. With that in mind, I would probably try to, uh, make my way, maybe not oh. today, but like in my mind be like, hey, I should check that out, see. I think just also additionally, like, I think Carlton Ramsey's name probably does come up in one of them as just somebody who's been executor of the will. But yeah, he kind of, like, reading all these articles, it's like, okay, this isn't adding up right. There's something off about this. It could be just the ravings of a madman, but there could be something underneath it. So I feel like he would kind of figure out plans to see how he can, like, delve more into, like, what really happened there and who these people were. Okay. Um... How do you envision Thaddeus doing that? That's a good question. Because <laughs> I, I, that was kind of the, that was kind of the point of like going through the different newspaper articles, yeah. trying to dig up some of the story. But I suppose if all else fails, you could go to potentially the like a local library and like look at records. Yeah, kind of see if. <laughs> these names pop up anywhere else if there are other similar incidents if like basically looking if these people like come up in newspaper reports both mr wilder and uh not mr corbett <laughs> mr car uh mr wilder and mr castane castane but yeah so i'd probably make my way over to a local library and honestly, considering we, we kind of just talked about how some of this uh, was done the previous few days, it's been the course yeah. of a few days, I think it's fair to say that, yeah, you can make it to the library kind of while things are happening with these other characters. So you can talk to a librarian to help you out, or are you going to look yourself? I'm going to start by just looking myself, seeing what I can see, because I know how libraries work. Yeah. I feel like I'd be able to find my way around without bugging pe people for specifics, at least yet. So, okay, why don't you then appropriately make me a library use roll? Just watch as I say this, it's going to be actually really bad. And it was. <gasps> no. <laughs> what was it? 81 over 50. You can always push it. You know what? Why not? But how are you going to push it? I am going to... How do I push a library roll? I can... Oh, well, I have some ideas if you'd uh, like. But balls in your court. No, what kind of ideas? So traditionally... There are two ways I've heard most commonly for pushing a library use roll. One is allowing it to take as much time as it takes. Mm -hmm. And secondly, be, I uh, 
pulling things off the shelf, leaving them on a table, stacked up, completely disorganized, throwing them open. Some of them might just end up on the floor, but you are a man on a mission, Thaddeus. I'm a man on a mission, but I can't treat books like that. Sure, I can murder a man, but... (laughs) (laughs) Mystery books is where I draw the line. (laughs) No, I think, honestly, like, right now he's not in a, like, rush. He doesn't feel like there's a time crunch or anything yet. Mm -hmm. So he's probably just, like, kind of very slowly, methodically, look alphabetically, look under different archives, go through the years, and... Just really take his time with this role. I'm very excited. Don't make me talk to a librarian. It's a 48 under 50. God bless. That is a success. Yes. <laughs> Don't make me talk to a librarian. <laughs> Don't make me talk to another human being. <laughs> Same though. Interact with an NPC? Never. Um, so yeah, that is your kind of, you are looking for information on Mr. Wild, on Castane, you're just more so looking for anything that brings up their names, right? Yes. A little bit more towards Mr. Wild, since he's the one that is kind of the advisor, and he's the one that's getting attacked by the cat, and there's something weird with that. So, there are two things you find. One, you find that the family, that the Castane family has been in the U.S. almost seemingly from its from its founding. There is official paperwork recording them from some of the earliest colonies and earliest land holdings. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you see some old reports of uh, of Mr. Wild kind of. As a, as a teenager, little news articles about things like lo, like a local kid like stab like stabs three. Okay. You see some newspaper articles about a violent youth, and then there's nothing. There is no record here of him owning anything, of him in, 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 in the arrest that seemed to have been publicized. Absolute nothing. Interesting. You'd think, even if it's like ownership papers or receipts. Yeah, you could find that in zoning, in zoning, zoning paperwork. Yeah. The fact that there's nothing there is very uh, suspicious. Did? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Where would you, if you were to look for like coroner's reports and records, like more information on like how they died. Where would that... For, th- for this, this if you're looking specifically for Mr. Wilde, right? Yes. It's probably too recent okay. to be kind of public information, you know? Yeah. Then... He might want 
to try visiting like at least the apartment flat and trying to like scope it out to see if anything feels weird, try to maybe talk himself into viewing the apartment. But he he doesn't have a solid plan, but he does want to like see if he can pick up more clues at the actual site. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I think in the meantime, we can shift focus a little bit. So, Delilah. Yes. Elizabeth has uh, has left. She didn't say where she was going. Yeah, but she did. So what are you doing? Uh, what day of the week is it? Uh, so it is... It's a Sunday. I like a Sunday. Uh... Honestly, I'd probably, probably open up the shop for the day, uh, and try to see if I can catch anybody coming through. Any, like, late afternoon shoppers. Um, why don't you roll me a luck roll? Okay. 20 under 70. So, you don't get many clients today, but, you know, you get a few regulars that you're more accustomed to, uh, like, yes, let me allow, help you talk to your husband from beyond the grave. Um, he says don't leave anything to his brother. <laughs> um, but you, you do get one new client who comes in. It's a, a kind of mid-twenty-something-year-old woman with blonde hair and just and seems very attractive. But her eyes are sunken in a little, and there's dark spots beneath her eyes. Uh, how can I help you today? Um, she looks to you and she's she seems a little like not sure what to say and kind of rubs her wrist with her other hand and says I, I guess I'm just I just want to know if things will get better I, I suppose I only have a seat she's like so yeah shop uh curtains over the windows with like the name on the outside uh most of this is like a couple low lamps but a lot of candles around a lot of smoke there's like a high dresser with a plaque that says Adam Charlotte and like a little bed for her um and then yeah Delilah's in the middle of the room at like a round table so as you pull down the blinds I think she points to that plaque and says, is that, is this, is this a bit? I mean, it's her name. What else should I put on there? Uh, okay. Looks at her with oil baron mustache. Uncomfortably looks at the oil baron mustache and then back to you as you make, as you take your seat. So... What ails you today? 
she seems to struggle for words and finally kind of finds her voice and she says um I think that I think that my fiance is losing it uh can I roll spot hidden to see if I see anything like sure better? okay 30 under 50. So you can tell from when you look at her person she said on the table there's a bit of a bulge at the side pocket where you know that that's the shape of a gun. What's he been doing? Anything that makes you nervous? No, no, he's he's perfect. He's he's wonderful. It's yeah, well, I'm sorry. It's 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 hard to it's hard to understand. Um, some terrible. I guess the under. Oh my God! I'm sorry. The word under to. Undercut something? No, to undermine. Un- no. Oh my God! People say the under something of the century. Understatement. Understatement. Oh mm-hmm. my God! Dumb. So yeah, she says. Yeah, the. I suppose the understatement of the century would be that some family drama happened, and honestly, we were pretty okay after it for a while. And then, I don't know, one day he was going through his cousin's things, and all of a sudden, when he normally has gone for maybe a few hours, he was gone for several days, and when he came back, his hands were burned, and he was just babbling about, like, I couldn't even say what. you think it's reasonable to ask if Delilah can roll to see if she thinks it's likely that this has anything to do with the little letter that she's gone? Consider we're talking cousins. I think you can just roll an inch roll. Yeah. That's... Uh, 16 under 90. Yeah. It's not that hard to figure out. Considering the context here. Uh, so yeah, Delilah takes out a pack of cards. Uh, her uh, her pack of tarot cards, and she starts shuffling them through them. She's like, "So, you want to know what you should be doing next?" It's. I mean, I guess that's that's part of it. I I think more so. What I want more than anything is some guarantee that things can go back to normal, or if they won't. Uh, one second, I'm just deciding something real quick. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she's not going to be the bigger person here. 
even a possibility. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, sometimes, sometimes she has she has her moments. Okay. Uh, so yeah, she starts shuffling through the cards and. She pulls out, first she she pulls one out, and she's like, so this one represents your problems, and it's the fool, and she goes, it represents carelessness in a relationship. Excuse me? (laughs) I'm not saying it's on your behalf. I would hope not. But... Maybe your maybe your fiance has been a little irresponsible. Absolutely. She stops. Well, I mean, I guess I I don't know about that. She's like, and this one represents the advice the cards give you, and she pulls out the chariot. And she's like, this represents giving up and loss. Now. <laughs> and she's like, and this one is about your future. Yeah, she looks at you hopefully. And uh, <laughs> yeah, she lays down the death card. And <laughs> that doesn't really look good. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It is about starting something new. It's about ending something and coming out fresh on the other side. This was ex- these was the exact lineup of what I was afraid of. <laughs> but Sometimes I it's suppose if, this is a good thing, dear. I suppose if the fates, she looks questionably, decree it. And then she stops and shakes her head a bit and just kind of sadly says, Oh, I'm so sorry, Lewis. And she gets up to, to leave. <laughs> Get a divorce because the card sits That'll be 850. Oh, no, this was payment enough. <laughs> Those are blasphemous words. <laughs> Be safe. She looks at you. Why would you end this conversation like that? <laughs> okay, I, I'll, I'll do. I'll do my. I'll do my best. Um, you, you too. And. She, like, she's not, like, trying to be funny. She was just kind of... She just clearly doesn't seem to know what to super think right now. But you can tell she has decided on a course of action. That's fine. And can we pause? Yes. We'll end where you're at, Delilah, for now. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, so, William... You're heading into New York then? Oh yeah. He asked me to come to his house, so that's what I'm doing. I forgot to mention I would have changed into not work clothes, so it's a good pair of jeans 
and I did heavy flannel instead of what I was wearing. Okay, probably probably a light jacket too, considering the temperature. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you you come up to his house and it's it's in a kind of middling part of town. It's like people who make quite a bit get to get, can live here and have an actual home, but it's not the best. You know what I mean? The best a soldier can hope for after the war. Best a soldier can hope for is probably a reasonable way to put it. Oh, I would um, probably just park and um, just knock on the door if see if anybody answers. Make me a spot hidden. Spot hidden? Mm-hmm. You get your advantage, remember? Yes, but I don't want to roll advantage I with these die. I don't, can I, I can probably get a zero that would make it better. Alright. Go off, man. <laughs> this is over. Wait, this okay. campaign ends now. Oh, wait, did we fix it? I think we're back up. We are. I'm yeah. sorry that the okay. power of Thaddeus's <laughs> the meow destroyed this. Alright. Anyway. Yeah, so, William, sorry, you yes. are making your way up to to Lewis's little, like, a little house. Um... And you get a bit of a glance in the window, and you see suspended from his ceiling, as far as you can see, which isn't a lot, it's just, but you, you do get a, a get a glance. It seems like there are, are an incredulous amount of crucifixes hanging from the ceiling. He's not dealing with the PTSD of the war all too well. <laughs> I would go up and knock on the door. Um, yeah, he, uh, it takes a little bit, but eventually you hear the a lock click, and the door opens a little bit, and you see Lewis's face kind of in that, in that little creek there. I try to give him, you know, a warm smile. Just, oh, Lewis, it's me, William. It's been a little while. Get in, get in, bro. Get in fast. He opens it for you. I, I quickly come in. Uh, it's nice to see you. That you made it through. Yeah. So he he shuts that door as fast as he can and locks it back up and turns to you and says. Make it back. Make it back. None of us made it back. I didn't make it back. Uh, what I mean, at least you made it through the war. What does it matter? There's an- There's always another war brewing. There's always another one right around the corner. Hopefully. I'm sorry, what? what? No, 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 I got stopped there. No, it's just hope. Right. Hopefully we stick out of the next one. Hopefully us old dogs don't have to go in. I... Yes, hopefully not. I got, yeah. But you wanted to see me? And 
And he puts his hands like on both your arms, and he like, and he's he's kind of pushing you down towards a pretty unkept couch. It's, there's some clothes strewn on here. There's some some blankets, some some throw pillows. Uh, and I I would take a seat and just. So what did you want to talk to me about, Lewis? And I, I so you, yeah, you're wearing like a jacket, right? Yep. Okay. So you don't feel anything like that weird, but when you finally kind of hit the back of that couch and you sit down, and he pulls back, you see his hands are are horribly burned. Um, I, like, we would have gotten split up after the incident. Do I, could I assume that it may have happened? You know, like, might have assumed that this happened during the war. Because he did, like, he lost track of Lewis um, after a point. I think, considering a bit of your relationship, this did not happen during the war. Okay. Um, can I roughly guess how recent it was? Sure, um, but that's gonna be a probably a medicine roll, honestly. I don't have a good medicine roll. I'd be surprised if you did. I have a one. I have a, you have a one in medicine. I have a decent first aid. There's always a good chance of medicine. Or hard first I'll give you a hard first aid. Hard first aid, that is way better. Oh my god, that's a one. Damn. That is a one. Oh my god. I'll give it to you on the medicine. Holy shit. So mark your medicine or your first aid, whichever one you want. I'm going to mark medicines just so I can start building that. So if you pass it, and then you can roll to add. So you can you can tell when you glance at his hands that there's a bit of a glossiness on them. You can and you can see kind of the pressure points of where gauze tape must have recently been. So whatever this is, it's very recent. Um. Oh, uh, you know what? There's, you know, I'll also, on a one, I'm going to give you five points of luck. Oh, 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 okay. I would not bring it up right this second. Just, and I would want to see what he wants to do next. Like, what he, because I asked him a question already. How he's going to respond to my original question first. He kind of emphatically, like, spreads his hands at you. And says, like, it it happened to Hildred. It's going going to happen to me now. It happened to Hildred. It's going to happen to me. It's it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to, to Camilla. It's going to happen to, it's going to happen to everybody. And then it's gonna happen, and then when there's nobody left for it to happen to, it's gonna happen to everybody. Lewis, what happened? Mm, no, 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 no. Because if I tell, because if I tell you too much, if I show you too much, then it's gonna happen to you. But then, but then it's got, it's gonna, but it's gonna happen either way. What do you want to happen now? Do you want to happen later? Luke, I don't know what you're like. Give me at least a little bit. I want to help you. And 
you say that, and, he, and he's like full blow, and now he's well, he's going, he's in your face. He's going. If you see it, you can't look at it. If you see it, you can't look at it. If you see it, it's already too late. Okay. And then you have to burn it. You have to burn it until there's nothing left. Until you burn yourself. You have to go with it. You have to go with the fire. That was my mistake. Is that I didn't burn with it. In that I should have, because now I'm gonna spread it. Um, what what do you mean by sp spread it? This the sign when it's in your head, it doesn't leave your head. When it's you know, when when it's there, you have to give it to everybody else. You have it inside of you, and then you don't become you anymore. You become something different. You are not you, and I am not me anymore. Uh, I thought you were laughing in the corner there. I was like, well, you bastard. No. He's trying so hard not to sneeze. Luz, I said, I want to help you. What do you want me to do? Mm, yes, okay. Logical. Problem solving. Forward momentum. I think one of the things that comes across to you here is that... Lewis was always... He talked little. He was one of those talk little, said much types. One of those types that's, you know, respected that you could kind of rely on. You've never seen him anywhere near this. He says, okay. Problem solving. Yes. Two things. One, burn it. Burn it. Burn it. And then you have to burn me. You have to finish that. You can't get around it. I... Lewis, I... I can't say that I can burn you. That's... Maybe there's... something else we can do. He grabs you from the corners of your jacket towards your elbows knees says no 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 you do not understand you have to burn everything he is sitting out there his maw is agape and it is suspended in front of the world What exactly do you want to burn? Other than yourself, what do you want to burn? My cousin's apartment. He wouldn't let me do it. I started. I started it. I burned. Look at this. And he like shows you his hands. He's like, I started it. But then he made me put it out. He made me put it out with my own hands. He made me s smack down at it. Okay. If, if you want to burn down his apartment, and then if somehow you burn yourself down, end it there. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? You burn. So you burn down your cousin's apartment. 
No, 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 no. I tried. They tried. No, you, now you, you have to do it. I. It's not something that I can readily say I can do. But no, you don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. You have to burn it down. You have to burn me. You have to leave no trace. Because the traces are how it comes again. Zero. Zero is the only answer. Because if it's a one, then it's two. And then two goes to four. And then from four to eight. But if you go from zero, it leads to zero. Lewis, you said something earlier. That if there was nothing for it to continue on to, it would just consume everything. No, 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 no. Leave it nothing so that it can't spread. But you... You said that if there was nothing to spread to, it would just consume everything. Yeah, as in, everything it spread to, it's gone. Okay. So, kill the world or kill it. Either you wanted to kill it, right? That seems reasonable to me. Let me... I hope you understand, you're asking me a lot. Give me some time to think about this. There's no time, there's only a few days. You have me, there's no time, there's there's only a few days. And then everyone will know. Tell And then everyone will be like this. A few days till what? He goes to say something. And sound doesn't come out. But blood sprays from his mouth and flies in your face. And he looks panicked and erratic. And he goes to say it again and he opens his mouth and blood spits from his throat into your face again. Um, which, when that happens, I would immediately get up and switch places with him, like, kind of, like, toss him onto the cha- onto, like, the couch, and try to make sure his airway's clear, and just stop. Don't try to speak right now, and I would try to, like, feel around his throat just to make sure there's nothing. Like, oh, are, are you looking in there? Not looking into his throat. You're not looking in his throat? Not, I'm, okay. like, touching his throat just to feel if there was anything wrong. Okay, so you touch his throat... Why don't you make me a first aid, then, I suppose? 36 under 55. Great, mark it. Yep. By the way, yeah, if you've succeeded on a roll, please go ahead and mark it. So, yeah, you're, you're feeling against his throat towards his, Adam, uh, his Adam's apple, and you feel a large ball roll. Um, I... His eyes are looking at you, pleading. I would try to do the Heimlich maneuver on him, because I would assume that he's trying to, like, not trying, he's choking. So you get behind him, and you start trying to perform the Heimlich. And every time you pull, it's just a spray... Okay, if the first time that happens, he wouldn't do it a second time. <laughs> and second course of if he's choking, can't come up this way, it's gotta go down the other way. Uh, and he would run to get something for him to drink. 
um, like water or something like that, and quickly try to just get him to like drink it. Okay. You run off from him. You bring back a glass of water, and you pour it down his throat. And the first sip you give him, he's kind of he leans to the side and spits back out, and it's just red. And he swishes it in the next in his mouth, spits it out, red, and does it again, and then is able to drink. And I look at him kind of like shock on my face, just. Do you. Lewis? And yeah, it takes a little bit to say anything, just. Are you good now? When he looks at you, it's with a fervent intensity. Burn it, and then burn me. Character thing, real quick. Would you have given me your phone number by any chance? Um, I mean. You have a phone? Landline. <laughs> Yeah, there's, like, a, you would probably have a phone in your house. I mean... Being an exorbitantly rich. Yes. Um, so, you probably would have mine at this point. I would... Well, I could go to this... You have a phone by any chance. <laughs> yeah. And he says... Yes, the cord! Choke me! I need to make a call. Excellent. And he's kind of motioning towards the kitchen and then back to him. And I think you can kind of like, okay, it's it's in the kitchen. And I go to the phone. I call Richard. And I don't know if you want to. And you call Richard. Yeah, I call Richard. <laughs> so so uh, once the scene ends, we will. Sorry. Uh, just, no, 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 you're, you guys are good. I just wanted to make it clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we hit the, so, uh, the soft, and now head to a sorry. Ah, so stop. Yeah, call Richard. Um, and it, for him, actually, it would be just a simple pickup. Hello. Um, just, I have something, and I... Uh, I'm sorry, who is this? This is William. <laughs> I, could you come to and give him the address? to the, the house. I'm sorry, I'm going to need just a bit more clarity here. <laughs> I might have a job for you. You have a job for me! <laughs> well, isn't like, this a turn of events? Yeah. <laughs> and it is more defeat in his voice than anything. It just... I don't know if I can do what what my friend's asking me to do. And it's more of your pedigree. Well, I suppose I could give you a quote. <laughs> and with that, he once again gives the address. If you can, please. And then just hang up. <laughs> and when you hang up, you hear a voice from the living room. You 
hear a woman's voice going, Lewis, oh my god. <laughs> and that's where we're going to end yep. for the night. <laughs> Thank you.